Hello, everyone, and welcome to MLS Assist, a podcast created to give insight into Major League Soccer's on-field action. My name is Joe Lowry, and I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Angeli. Jordan, how's it going? Good, Joe. How are you doing? I'm quite well, thank you. I am glad to be back with you again. We're zooming in on another game this week, just like we did last week, in our game of choice. Was the first game on Saturday it was on ESPN, sporting Kansas City's 2-1 win over LAFC. As I sat down and was watching this game and I watched parts of it back, Jordan, all I could kind of think about at first, and I had to shake shake the cobwebs off so I could actually watch the game and, and figure out what was going on or try to figure out what was going on. This was just a quality game. The game was fun to watch. It moved well. It had a good tempo to it and had a lot of good players out on the field. I remember the first time I kind of thought that watching Major League Soccer, at least recently, it was NYCFC in Atlanta, and it was Almiron and Joseph Martinez, and, and NYCFC had a just a strong group of players that year. It was, a, it was a few years back at this point, and it was at Mercedes-Benz, and there was a lot of people there. This game kind of had that feel to me, where it's just two good teams with quality players, good coaching, going going up against each other, and that's that's fun, man. And I feel like... A lot of that too, Joe. And when I, when I sense a good game, the game seems to really fly by. Hmm. You look up and it's already the 35th minute and you're <laughs> like, wait, what just happened? And it, because it, you just are really enjoying the moment. And I felt like that with this game. And I, I would agree with you. One of the things I feel like in those games that I really enjoy and the games that really stand out to me with two quality teams is there are ebbs and flows of which team is really looks like it's the team on the front foot. And I felt like. That was very true of this game for the most part, maybe not towards uh, the latter stages with the the red card that we'll get get into. But I really did feel like there were times where it felt like LAFC was definitely going to win this game. And there were times where it felt like SKC was going to win the game, which you want. You want that with a big game with a lot of good players. And it gave you that feel throughout. It absolutely did. So let's talk about how these two teams set up. I'll take LAFC and then Jordan, you can take SKC. LAFC are in that 3-5-2 or the 5-3-2 that they've been tinkering with and adding in a little bit this season. That's a new thing for Bob Bradley. They've done it maybe once or twice in years past, but it's a consistent thing for them now, depending on their personnel. So it was three center backs with Segura, Murillo in the middle, and then Blackman on the right side of that trio. Kim Moon-Juan playing as the right wing back, Marco Farfan as the left wing back. And then a midfield three of Sifuentes, Atuesta, most often centrally, although it, it did switch around a little bit. And then Latif Blessing, and then up up front, Carlos Velo was having its minutes, having his minutes managed. So it was Diego Rossi and Danny Musovsky as the front two in that three-five-two. Jordan, what were LAFC going up against from Peter Vermees? Shocker! It was a four-three-three <laughs> from Peter Vermees, which is something that he, um, you know, it's tried and true. And I think that's one of the benefits of SKC is they really know this system, and a lot of these players have been in, a, in this system for a long time. So it was Luis Martins on the left, Fontas centrally next to Ilya Sanchez, who Ilya dropping from that typical six role, which we've seen him year in year out, into a center back role this season. I like it because yeah. it gives you that distribution ability. Um, from the center back spot and then started with Jalen Lindsay, got injured. And um, I would say, I don't know, maybe not the majority of the game, but a good 60 or 50 minutes. It was um, Graham Zussi. And then centrally, it's Hernandez, Busio and Espinosa, usually with Busio being that six type player. 
Shallowy on the left side, Polito as a center forward, and then Johnny Russell on the right. So typical 4-3-3, they want to use those three front runners, especially Shallowy and Russell. Um, they were trying to engage not only those outside players for um, LAFC, but the the, cent- the outside center backs more like it to create overload. So I think it was a fun matchup when you talk about all these tactics that were happening throughout. You mentioned Ilya being shifted back to center back, and that's been one of the, I think, one of the most interesting personnel tactical developments this season is Peter Vermees moving him back and giving Busio the six role. Because we've talked about Busio before. Is he an eight? Is he a six? I still don't really know, to be honest. I think he might be a six. Time will tell, right? He's young. But I, I think the the other half of that, the Ilya half, doesn't get talked about as much because we're all excited about Busio and where he's going to go in the next three weeks or four weeks or whatever it is. Ilya, as that center back, you're right, Jordan, he brings the distribution. He pinged out a couple of really nice diagonal balls over to the left side in this game to either Martins or to Shallowy or it, whatever. It doesn't matter a whole lot. But he has this really lovely passing ability from deep. And Fontas kind of does as well. And they, I feel like they complement each other because Fontas can drive the ball forward a little bit and break lines with his passing, maybe a little less inclined to hit that diagonal. And they just have this complementary set of skills distribution-wise. But one part where I think you're really you're really cutting it close if you're Peter Vermees and you're really playing with fire a little bit is with their athleticism, right? They are not able to cover a lot of ground. And I think, I think that was something that Bob Bradley came into this game fully aware of because for me, LAFC starting in this 3-5-2 almost from the start of the game off of goal kicks with Romero in goal, they were going long. Or, or even if they played out, they would build up for one or two passes, draw SKC forward a little, and then try to find a front runner in over the top. They did that over and over and over again in this game, but it didn't work for them. I think Bob Bradley was trying to draw SKC forward and then play him behind, and he tried it again and again and again, and SKC just didn't take the bait. They didn't step their lines high enough to leave themselves exposed in behind, which I think if you're, if you're SKC is kind of a must. You can't play a super high line with those center backs. And I thought Kansas City found that balance just perfectly in this game. Well, and when you're talking about the athleticism on the other side, sporting likes to play out off of goal kicks and it felt like Bob Bradley had implemented okay let's high press and it was we actually talked about this man marking in the front half of the field in a podcast we did um, with some of our friends from Atlanta United last week yeah but it felt like there was a man marking system from Bob Bradley in that high press when they engaged the high press and it really challenged Fontas and Sanchez to get out of situations. I thought that that was one of the reasons if you're talking about athleticism of the center backs and how Bob Bradley uh, used his tactics to try to target them. I think that was one of the ways that he tried to do it with the high press going man to man and really pushing SKC to have to try to play out of um, their goal kicks or their set pieces deep in, in their own defensive half. And it worked. Sometimes SKC got out of it, but there were some times where it was a perfect um, invitation for Blessing or Atuest to just step in and pick up the ball. And the scoreline doesn't flatter LAFC in this game, right? Like, it's it's an unfortunate result for them in a, in a largely unfortunate season for them so far. But you're right, Jordan, with kind of what you led in with this game. There were moments where it looked like they were going to find 
three points here away from home, and that would have been a very impressive result. They get the first goal. It's Kim Moon-Hwan with some lovely composure on the right side of the box. Jordan, you talked about him in the lead-up to this season as a player to watch one of the guys we were excited about coming into this league. He showed why on this goal. In the in the build-up to it, LAFC do play out a little bit more. It's a chipped ball, and they, they find Sifuentes on that left side, and they move forward. And, and Sifuentes tries to slip either Rossi or Musovsky. They're both making runs from different spots, but kind of into the same place. So I couldn't tell who he's trying to find there, but he's trying to slip a ball into the box. SKC block it. The ball comes right back to him. So Sifuentes plays it to Kim Moon Juan. And then he does some damage on the, the right side of that box, cuts inside onto his left foot and scores to go up one nothing. That felt like a moment where LAFC could say, all right, this is our game. This is what we're going to be able to do. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, first off, it's nice to see Moon play because we did talk about him and I did say he is a player very good on the dribble, right? He wants to dribble. And I think that was one of the the benefits that he added to this game. But I also think it was detrimental at times because as that wing back, he dribbles centrally and SKC did a good job of recognizing that and in transition, utilizing that space that he left there and really getting Blackman isolated in those um, maybe overloads, 2v1 situations. So, um, but that, that goal by Moonwan was great. The buildup to that, Joe, is something that I really noticed. LAFC had a really good pattern of play when they were building up. So when they switched the point of attack, let's just stick with the goal. Farfan got the ball and he was high up the field and what happens is he engages the outside back. If you're a wing back, he brings that outside back in. So then it really leaves Rossi against Sanchez and then Sifuentes against whoever the nearsighted um, central midfielder was. And instead of playing in, f- in front of that midfielder, Sifuentes was doing a really good job of these little slip runs in behind the, the midfield line and the the back line of SKC. And this was a run that over and over again, when Farfan got the ball, he could slip that ball in and beat a whole line of defense for SKC. And that's when LAFC was most dangerous with those little slip runs from Cifuentes, Blessing, even sometimes at Tuesta. And SKC had a really challenging time of tracking that because they wanted to keep LAFC in front of them, but they weren't good at managing that little darting run in behind by the midfield. And I, I think that was one of the big reasons they did score the goal is their patience in the buildup and their ability to break the line there. I thought Sifuentes was excellent in this game. I thought he was really, really good. Better than I, I really thought he was at all as a player. And I know he's young, but he looked like a guy who who can bring a lot to this midfield. And he has been starting. He's been starting over Latif Blessing for much of the season so far. And then he comes off at, at 45 for Mark Anthony K. I assume just as a rotation measure from Bob Bradley. But Sifuentes has that quality on the ball that I, I didn't fully realize. He has an understanding of where to move. I think he's a really important piece of this team is going to continue to be an important piece of this team going forward this season and then possibly next season and the season after. Jordan, kind of the last main tactical thing that I I wanted to ask you about for LAFC before we switch over to SKC and some of their goals and moments in this game. What do you think of the 3-5-2, right? It's been 4-3-3 for so long, and before that it was really a 4-2-3-1 for Bob Bradley in their first year in Major League Soccer. Do you think this this shape suits the team, or am I making too much out of the differences between one shape and another shape? Does that not even matter a whole lot? I think with the players, I think if Carlos Vela is healthy and playing 90 minutes, I don't know 
if this is the formation I would roll out game in, game out. It's something you can switch into and and utilize, but I think that they're so good with Vela as one of those outside players cutting in onto his left. That It's hard to deny that, right, and, and do a formation that's so different. But I think with the players, especially if you look at this, this starting lineup and the players they had available to play 90, this – Looks good. I like Farfan in this spot and his ability to get forward. Moonhan on the other side, I think you have two really good wingback type prototypes there who their ability to get up and down is really good. And their ability to read, it doesn't always look like a five back, Joe, especially before LAFC scored. There was a lot of times where it looked like a four, four back and Munwan would tuck inside almost as a fourth midfielder and not quite track all the way back to the back line. And so I think once they got the lead, they looked a little bit more like a 5-3-2 defensively. But I think that those players have the ability to to read the game and to understand, okay, if we can cheat a little bit and not get all the way back into a five back, we might be able to break quickly and use the speed of Moonwan dribbling into that space in transition. So I'm not I'm not convinced, but I do think that there were some really good moments where one, they made it hard to break them down and SKC was challenged in that. Especially when, you know, they didn't, they didn't score until they were up a man. And two, I think that they use, utilize those wingbacks, which if you're going to play this, this system, you have to have really quality wingbacks. They utilize those wingbacks well and they got them into good attacking positions and dangerous positions. So, um, I'm, I don't think it's, I don't think it's awful. I don't think you have to trash it, but sure. I think that if you're playing an, Vela from the start, I think that a three front might be better suited to some of the things yeah. that he's just comfortable with. Yeah, no, and, and that makes a lot of sense because I think with Vela, it's oftentimes better to have him a little wider and able to move mm-hmm. centrally, and it's it's hard to have that in a front two, right? It, it doesn't yeah. quite fit as well. I I agree with you. There are, there are pieces of this that I really like. The wingbacks I think are fun, and Farfan I think is a better fit for it than Diego Palacios on that left side, and he's off with Ecuador at the Copa America right now. So I, I think this is a good time to be experimenting with it even more. But uh, let's let's flip the script over a little bit, Jordan, and talk SKC, who I think yeah. are just scary good to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think they are a very, very good team. And I think they ultimately did deserve to win this game. They go up a man in the 57th minute after Tristan Blackman gets his second yellow card of the game. Our beloved Tristan Blackman, Jordan. I think he's like the the early MVP of this podcast, dating back to when we first started it. Not his best game. We talked about him a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Not his best game in this one. The the first yellow card comes from Daniel Shalloway just running at him in the first half. And Daniel Shalloway is incredible, and he's been one of the best players. Not not just one of the best wingers, but one of the best players in the entire league so far this season. So the first yellow, Shalloway drives at him, Blackman fouls him, gets a yellow card, free kick. Second yellow, kind of a similar situation, but it comes after a pretty poor ball out of the back from Blackman. He's trying to find a teammate upfield. Busio steps in, wins it, and then plays Shalloway, who accelerates so quickly. He moves from zero to, mm-hmm. I don't know how fast, he's not going 100 miles an hour, but he, he goes from zero to 100 so quickly, right it, within a split second, and he, he accelerates past Tristan Blackman, draws a second yellow, and all of a sudden, boom, LAFC are down to 10 men. At this point, 
SKC kind of just pin LAFC in, right? Not not entirely. LAFC do yeah. still, to their credit, get forward. They have some real chances. Carlos Vela, this is, I'm fast forwarding a bit here, but he has a real chance in second half stoppage time to, to score an equalizer. There are other moments where they're stepping out and being brave, which I think is a very LAFC kind of move. But by and large, SKC did very well with their possession, trying to move the ball forward, trying to keep it in the final third. And then as soon as they lose it, we're counterpressing. We're counterpressing. We're winning it back and we're doing it all over again. And ultimately, Jordan, that's where the first goal comes from here. Yeah. And I just want to go back to, I, I mentioned that. So the first goal comes after Blackman gets his second yellow, but the first yellow was caused because Kim Moon-Wan went on a dribble and found himself yeah. almost on the opposite side of the field. If you cut the field in half, um, vertically. Yeah. He's on the other side of the field. And I think this is one of the things SKC d- does and did so well in this game. They recognize where potential overloads could be. And when Moon-Wan or any player sl- slips out of the space, especially in the channels, they immediately go and attack that space. And it was a quick ball out to Shallowy, who then could get into that situation. So um I just wanted to go there before we go um, yeah, to no. the goal. I think that's where yeah. we're going. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that's, that's a great point. And one of the dangers, right, of having... Wingbacks, there's a natural divide between your outside defenders and the center backs because the center backs are very connected to each other oftentimes, but the wingbacks sometimes are more connected to the midfield than they are connected to the center backs. And I think that that can cause problems. Yeah, Jordan, that first goal comes in the 61st minute. It's Alan Polito, who man, just so good. SKC's just so good. Alan Polito's so good. He's one of the best nines in this league and he does his job so well. Kansas City win the ball near midfield with that counter-pressing action that they had so often in the second half. Busio gets on the ball, plays it wide left to Shallowy, who crosses it in. LAFC can't fully clear the ball. The ball then comes to Polito, who just slaps a first-time finish into the bottom corner. It's a beautiful finish. It's not It's not beautiful build-up, but the tactical yeah. idea behind it of, of possession, counter-pressing, win the ball, recycle, go again. That's a very deliberate pattern, and SKC did it well in that moment. Yeah, and you had just mentioned that. So I think it, it it fits right into what you're saying of the tactics that they implemented, especially when they went up a, a player to really pin in LAFC. One of the things I noticed and I've noticed in other games that I've watched where a really quality number nine is playing against a, a three back, right? A three, five, two or a five, three, two, whatever you want to call it. When a number nine like Polito is playing in that spot, it's very challenging for them to get the ball. And I don't feel like Polito really got the ball that much in the first, gosh, I I don't know, 50, 60 minutes. And what I liked about his movement is when that ball went to Shallowy and he went to cross it, he actually pulled off the back line. He says, I'm not going to challenge the first ball. I'm going to pick up the next ball. And I think that that's that could be a good tactic to implement if you are a different nine in this league playing against a lot of teams who are now trying to implement this three-back system, right? Yeah. Can you utilize ways to tempt the back line to get into this super defensive, I'm going to defend the cross situation, push the back line back with your movement, but then pull off of them and see if you can connect to something there? Because... I think his movement off the back line really is what, you know, he's not in that spot if he doesn't counter move the back line for LAFC. So I really enjoyed that movement from him. And are you saying it's harder to get on the ball against three center backs just literally because there's another central defender? There's less space for you to occupy then. That's why you might want to drop deeper. 
the the lanes are also different like the channels in which you try to check into the ball are are minimized right so if you if you think about the back 3 those spaces in between each one of them like the left center back and the center center back that space in between them is much smaller than it would be if it were just two center backs same on the other side so you're ocu- you're trying to occupy two smaller pieces of space i think than that central space or the the space in between the outside backs and the center backs. I just think it's different movement and um it's been challenging. I think it, you know to think about Columbus, Jossie's artist has had challenges against a three-back system and I think the same was true here for Polito to be against that three-back system, but it did seem like LAFC had to change that when they went down a player, they went into a four-back with three in in sure. front of them and the two. So there was more space there in general, but I thought the movements from Polito really made that. And a lot of his movements are just so textbook, generally speaking, mm-hmm. right? The way he finds moments to drop and the way he finds moments to get on the ball deeper. And you're right, it didn't happen as much as I think we're used to it happening. In this game, I think Murillo did a good job of stepping with him and making his life difficult when he would drop, yeah. when, when it was a three-back for LAFC before that red card to Tristan Blackman. But yeah, I mean, just strikers around the league, watch Polito. You'll learn. <laughs> but just even think about that. Mario chasing Polito down. Well, a lot of that times the center back is not going to do that. They're going to let that player go into the midfield sure, yeah. because they can't leave that space. But if Mario goes, well, he's got Blackman and Segura next to him. So they already have built in cover there. And what then just almost turns into a, a four back yeah. at times. So there is built-in cover there defensively, too, if you decide you're going to step into the midfield with a player who likes to check off the back line. It's so interesting because you, you mentioned there just briefly how there are a lot of teams in MLS who are going for this mm-hmm. three-at-the-back shape, right? Portland being the most recent one. I've never seen Gio Savarese do that before. In the last couple of games against Houston, midweek, and I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch that game yet, but against Houston... And then for the first 20, 30 minutes against Minnesota United, it was a back three, and then he shifted it because I guess he didn't like the look. But I mean, Portland's doing it. A bunch of other teams across Major League Soccer are, are doing it. And it's so interesting to me. I don't really understand why, and I'm just wondering if it's a case of – this happened in the Premier League a while ago where yeah. Chelsea started doing it under Conte, and everybody's like, oh, well, we should do it too. Maybe there's value in mirroring other team shapes. I don't know, but I'm also wondering – it does give you inherently, this is an obvious thing to say. It does give you more d- defensive cover centrally, right? You can step a center back forward to track a runner and you still have built in cover at the back. It's not always a more conservative defensive approach because you might play really aggressively within that shape. But I mean, it, it does sort of, if you are a more defensive minded team, as in you're going to defend in your own half in a mid block or in a low block, there is a certain benefit to having three center backs there just in terms of defensive solidity in the most important spots on the field to defend. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why this trend's happening, but it is happening. I think it's interesting. I also think that it's, especially in the last two years, with last year only playing Eastern Conference or Western Conference teams, and then this year almost the same. You've got a couple games um, in the opposite conference, but you're seeing a team a lot of times. So to be able to throw a wrinkle at them tactically that they have no idea how, like they're not prepping for that at all. I think maybe that's one of the reasons too that coaches are going that way because you're seeing a team three times, four times potentially in a season. 
how are you going to continue to beat them with the same tactics? Well, I think that there's two ways to do that. Yeah, you have a wrinkle or you just execute better, right? At the end of the day, it's about better execution of whatever tactics that is, whatever formation you put in play. So, um, yeah, I think it is a trend right now. I don't know how long it's going to keep going because it's not always working out for these teams. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to watch it all unfold. I want to just run through the teams. I just pulled up the standings. I'm going to try to do this from memory. Seattle, three at the back. That's been a big mm-hmm. thing from them this season. SKC, they're in second in the West. No. Galaxy have done it in brief moments in possession, but not not really. Colorado, yes, very recently, three at the back into Robin Frazier. Minnesota, no. Houston, no, not that I've seen at least. Maybe in brief spells. Portland, yes. RSL, no. LAFC, yes. San Jose, yes. That's never happened before under Almeida. FC Dallas, yes. Austin, no. Vancouver, occasionally in possession. I won't do the Eastern Conference because that was a really long bit right there. But you get the idea. So was that five? Five teams? I wasn't wasn't counting, darn it. I was trying to count, but I missed it. It's almost half of of the Western Conference. And I've been trying to pull the numbers on this, and it's really hard to get accurate formation data because formations are fluid. And so that that whole idea of accurate formation data is kind of an impossibility. But I've been trying to pull the numbers on, you know, which teams are playing with three center backs, at least in possession. And and that's even harder to do than just three center backs generally because it is so fluid. I haven't been able to do it yet, but I'm trying. I'm trying to see if anybody can get those to me. If anybody can do it, it's you, Joe. (laughs) Oh, that's so not true, but I appreciate you saying it. Um, Anyway, (laughs) back to this game. We've gone off on our three center back tangent. LAFC went down to two two center backs for the latter stages of this game. I I really thought after they give up that equalizer, after LAFC uh, concede, I kind of thought this is going to end 1-1. Right, Just because so much time goes by, SKC are pushing and pushing, and it just never feels to me like that late equalizer is going to happen. Just because that's, I don't know, maybe I'm just numb to soccer sometimes. And I want it to happen, I want something exciting to happen, but you know, it doesn't always go down. But it did in this game, and it was Daniel Shawley getting that game winner in the 87th minute. SKC are in possession in the attacking half. They lose the ball, they counterpress, they win it back. Stop me if you've heard that before. Graham Zussi then finds Busio, who slides it over to Hernandez, who I, I really liked as that left central midfielder. Very young, young player, super just clean and tidy. And I, I don't know, I thought he, I thought he brought a lot to the table. Hernandez then has this really smart move, right? He's on the left side of central midfield for SKC and he, before before dishing the ball to Daniel Shallowy, he steps forward and draws LAFC's right back inside just for a split second before slipping the ball over to Shalloway, who then has a little bit of extra space because of the work that Hernandez has put in. And then Shalloway hits this just lovely first-time right-footed shot. It, it It's Paulo Dybala-esque. It is just, it's just so good, right, with that right foot on the opposite side of your right foot. And he scores it 2-1. That's game, essentially, at that point. LFC have a chance or two. But the finish, Jordan, is this a finish you can rate? Like, out of 10, how how hard is this finish? Oof. Yes, 11 was, is on the table. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, because of the pressure of the moment and, you know, knowing knowing the, the pressure that SKC had put on LAFC, really wanting three points out of it, and the composure, as you mentioned, of Hernandez to find Shallowy, I think it was a, a hard finish, but the thing that is amazing me right now, Shallowy, is he like, he's just doing that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of just another day for him. Yeah. So how do you how do you rank that when you're saying okay, that was a really 
good finish, but he keeps showing us really good finishes. So are they all really highly rated or now are you like, okay, we want more <laughs> a little bit. It's almost, it's um, almost as if this is a flawed system, you know, it's almost as if like <laughs> one person's rating isn't always like the, the, the way to go here. But yeah. anyway, so are you um, saying, are you saying it's like a five? Is that what you're saying, Jordan? That's average. No, it was really good. I would say it's upper. <laughs> I was, I would give it a eight. We'll go eight. Okay. Boom. I mean, we saw Daniel, some pretty good finishes. The young kid, young kid from Philly, yeah, kind of Sullivan, upped everybody. Things happen. <laughs> yeah, upped everybody this weekend. But what I liked, or what I noticed about this too, is just how hard it is to come into a game and understand tactics. And I think Bob Bradley put a lot of, um, you know, he he risked putting in. He he needed to make some substitutes, and you have Fallen, you have Duke, and these players just get subbed into the game. And what happened is LAFC got so sucked in to the to their left side defensively that then as they faced the counter press, and it was a bad pass out by Farfan, really bad late in the game. Get like what? Why do people just not clear the ball? <laughs> I don't understand it sometimes. Just like clear it. Who cares? Get them out of your space and regroup and let them try to break you down again from very much like way farther away than it's 17, 18, 19 yards. Like, okay. Anyways, I don't understand that. Jordan's facial expression just changed. Like as soon as she went on that mini rant, it went from her detailing the tactics behind this to like actual anger and frustration. And now we're back. We're back to our regular. It does. It it really irks me. So Farfan misplays that ball and everyone is t- sucked over to the left side. And Fall and Duke are trying to do the right thing, right? But they're young. They're in- put into this game to really just see it out. And it was like the game was going faster than they could make these decisions. It's hard making these subs. And I think sometimes now having five subs it feels like it's too much at times, right? Because you change the continuity of a team, especially the a back line that already lost Blackman in it to begin with. So you change so much about the communication, the um, responsibilities, changing systems. Then you change players. Ugh, I just felt like it was too much and it, they, they, it cost them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to balance that, especially hard to balance all those rotations when mm-hmm. you're bringing in younger guys, like you're saying, Jordan, to see out that moment. And it's good experience for them, ultimately. But you yeah. can tell, you're right, that's a really good observation. You can tell that maybe those players just weren't ready to deal with the attack in that specific moment. It's a hard situation to deal with. I'm not saying it's not. But, I mean, yeah, I think that's a totally totally valid point. Jordan, do you have anything else to add on this game? We've talked about LAFC, who I just, I can't shake that they're gonna get it together, and maybe I'm a fool, right? Maybe I'm a, a a hope, a hope, a hoping person, a hopeful. Maybe I'm just hopeful. That's what I was looking for. But I feel like they have the talent, and I I think Bob Bradley is an excellent coach, so I I think they'll turn it around. But time will tell, I suppose. Do you have anything else to add on this game? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out. Number one, but yeah. two, I do I would just say Hernandez. You you mentioned his work in the midfield for SKC. One of the things I liked most about him was his ability to time the proper run into the box and arrive there at at the correct time. And I think that that is something that is um, so special in this game. If you can have a midfielder who arrives in the box at the proper time is not too early, who can see a play build up and be patient in their uh, arriving runs, it is going to benefit you. And I know that he didn't get on the score sheet, but he was a part of goals and he he's a good player and someone that I'm looking forward to seeing develop. 
and he's actually he's older than I thought he was. I thought I I, I think he might have a brother now. And now I'm just going to get flamed because I don't know what I'm talking about. He's 23, so he's still he's still young. He's still able he's to, still to young, mature, though. but he's yeah. he's more in his prime than I thought he was. But still, very very fun central midfielder, Man. regardless of age in this league. Yeah, sorry, Jordan, ages. 23 ages is your prime. I just like, I know. Wow, I know. I, I'm sorry. Not for life, but I maybe, need to go take a nap, which tells you how old I am. <laughs> well, then we're gonna get out of here, Jordan. I'll let you go take your nap. Thank you as always for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Joe. That was so much fun. (laughs) Listeners, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back again soon.